hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. A lot of people dream about becoming a successful investor. They dream about discovering a way to call the market tops and the market bottoms. They dream of finding the next big thing and getting in before everyone else. They dream about learning the secrets that no one else knows. They dream about financial independence, of of not having to work for a living, of having as much money as they'll ever need. Yet, how many people are willing to put the time, the effort, and the energy into achieving these dreams? As it turns out, not many. There was a survey done a few years ago by Tia Kraft, and they pointed out Americans spent more time planning the purchase of a flat screen TV than they did making an IRA investment. As I said, this was done a couple of years ago, but I don't think much has changed. This is kind of shocking, isn't it? But I know that's not you because you're tuned in and you're listening. So obviously you're doing some planning and investing. Welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. We just did our annual outlook for the year last week, and I focused on the stocks for 2020. And the week before that, I did the big picture. Today, I thought I'd spend a few minutes on our investment philosophy. Specifically, what makes a great investor? Because in my opinion, too many people are focused on the short run. There's a bunch of financial websites you can visit or articles you'll see that will inevitably tell you what sector you need to be investing in now and what stock is going up today. They focus mainly on which sector or stock that's going to stand out in the short term. But beware, in the short term, a lot of things can happen to upset even the most carefully laid plans. What I strongly suggest is that it's more important to be diversified. Diversification helps to eliminate excess risk and it helps you from keeping or or from having too much money in the wrong place. And on top of diversification, you also need to know the underlying fundamentals of the companies that you own. And this is critically important. You can't invest in individual stocks unless you understand what the company does. Those two things are extremely important to your long-term success in the market. Now, I said that diversification and focusing on fundamentals is critically important to be a successful investor over the long term. I actually think something else is even more important, and that's developing a successful investor mindset. And here's a thought for you. You should focus on the things that successful investors do right and not on what unsuccessful investors do wrong. Focusing on the mistakes doesn't necessarily help you find a cure for the problem, but studying the traits of successful investors may help you develop some of those characteristics. I thought about people like Sir John Templeton, Ben Graham, Warren Buffett, Bill Rowan, and a whole bunch of others. And I came up with a short list of traits and, or, or behaviors 
that I saw and that I think may be of some use to you. Good investors know the difference between making an investment and buying a lottery ticket. Buying a stock doesn't necessarily make you an investor. There's a big difference between an investor and a speculator. And I've talked about this many times before. An investor doesn't buy stocks to trade them. An investor buys them to harvest the fruit they'll bear in the future. The fruit being the increasing dividends that a company is going to pay them and the potential capital appreciation from owning a fine quality company. Keep in mind, an investor is buying a piece of a real business. If you're buying stock in a company that you don't understand, or if you don't know things such as who's the company's competitors are or how their business works, well, then you're probably speculating. I'd suggest you approach it as if you had enough money to buy the whole company. You want to buy a good business that's making money, it's making profits, and not one that you have to keep pumping money into and hoping that someday it'll pay off. Some people do well speculating, don't get me wrong. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you just have to realize that that's what you're doing if you're doing it. Again, making an investment and buying a lottery ticket are two very different things. Number two, really good investors don't panic. They don't panic when the markets get volatile or they roll over. They don't let their emotions rule them. Okay, let's assume you've done your research. You've done your research on a particular company. And this, of course, involves doing the proper fundamental research and doesn't include having heard someone on the financial news channel mention that it was ready to break out of a cup and handle chart formation or something along those lines. So you do your research and you buy a stock for your portfolio. Then you know what? The market drops or some analyst downgrades the stocks and, and, and your stock takes a big hit. Do you get nervous? Do you sell it because you think the stock's history? If so, you're probably reacting to market opinion and perhaps not a real change in the underlying fundamentals of the company that you bought. Speculators trade on market opinion, and it's important to them because they're anticipating only being in the stock for a short period of time. And in the short run, market opinion can and does move a stock. But the investors, they've done their research. They know what the company does and they plan on being in the stock for a long period of time. So most of the time, investors should just ignore the market opinion, assuming business fundamentals haven't changed at all. Now, psychologically and emotionally, I know it's hard to do this. I know. Thus, being a successful investor you have to condition yourself to know how to react in these kinds of situations so that the fear doesn't kick in and you sell a good company at the wrong time. Before these great investors buy a piece of a business, they'll look at, look at it over the last 5, 10, even 15 years. An investor is going to look at performance, the competitors, the industry, and they'll try and estimate what the business is going to be making in three to five years. And then what he or she'll buy a piece of this business or they'll buy it when they 
consider the price is good rel- a good relative deal to the future growth and value of this business. Just because the market drops doesn't really mean anything. Doesn't mean that the business has changed. For example, just because Pepsi went down $2 one day and then up $2 the next day, well, that doesn't mean that Pepsi sold less Pepsi one day and a whole bunch more the next. Good investors will look at the fundamentals and they'll let that be their guide. If the business is still on track and the market is mispricing the stock, well, then you could be presented with an opportunity to buy more. That's what I do. Of course, I look at the, of course, I look at the big picture, but 90% of my focus is going to be on the fundamentals. And by doing it this way, I really only have two big decisions to make. Is this a great business? And what price do I want to pay for it? Say, say you found a great business and you bought it at what you think is a reasonable price. Now what? Well, successful investors know when to sell too. Most people who manage their own portfolios think that the buying part of investing really isn't that hard at all. They can research and they can figure out that they're interested in this company. And while the buy price is a little bit harder to figure out for most people, the hardest part is figuring out when to sell. People usually do one of two things. Either they never sell and end up hanging on to stocks that should have been sold because the business fundamentals deteriorated over time, or they sell too much. In order to be successful, you have to know the appropriate time to sell. Many speculators will tell you to use stop losses to limit the downside. That sounds good, but that's not what happens. Let's suppose you bought a stock because someone's brother's cousin's uncle said you should. And at the same time, you said, you know what? I'm going to be real smart. I'm going to put a 20% stop loss below where I bought it at because I really don't know anything about this company. That way I can go on vacation. I'm not going to have to worry about it. So a few days later, the stock gets downgraded and kaboom, a 20% decline on the stock. Not unheard of, right? But you're out and you're thinking, well, it could be worse. Could have been down 50%, right? But does that make sense for high quality companies? If Berkshire dropped 20%, wouldn't we be buyers instead of mindless sellers? I think most successful investors would agree you need a sell discipline, just not stop loss orders. So how do successful investors know when to sell? sell some of the stock or all the stock that they own? Well, one strategy may be to sell some when it reaches a short-term price that is fully or maybe even overvalued relative to its long-term five or 10-year valuation. So if a company moves up to a point where it's fully valued or overvalued relative to its long-term valuation, well, you know what? Might be a good idea to take some money off the table. That doesn't necessarily mean you sell all of it. If it's a great company and its underlying fundamentals are sound, a smart investor may want to stay in it for the long term. But if the company has temporarily gotten overvalue, the money could be redeployed into a better opportunity. I suggest it's better to have a sell strategy in place at the time you buy your stock. Good investors are patient. 
They take their time getting into, into the ownership of a business, and they're usually reluctant to sell out of it very quickly. I know I am. There's a story about Warren Buffett owning a company that he bought out uh, or that was bought out by another company. And this buyout would have given him an immediate, I don't know, 20, 25% profit. And a couple of his employees noted that Warren didn't really seem too happy about this because, but his response was to them, you don't seem to understand. It took a long time to find this business that they invested in which was going to give them good long-term returns for the next 10, 15, 20 years. It's going to take him a long time to find another business that meets those same qualities to replace the one that he's losing for a quick 20, 25% return. Well, that's how investors think. They're looking for long-term sustained return on investment. They buy businesses at val- or at a valuation that allows them the strong possibility of winning over time. They don't pay outrageous prices for businesses that they want to own. They'll wait for the markets to price the stock of the business at a good value. A good value is one that relative to the business potential makes it a lot more likely that you're going to reap the rewards from, from the growth over time. In other words, they're patient. And lastly, I find that really good investors are realists. They understand that it's very difficult to sustain top-notch performance over a long period of time. They don't pretend that they can outperform an index or a benchmark every year. You never hear that coming out of their mouth. Nor do I think they really try. What they do is make suitable investments based on their future needs and allow those investments to compound over time. It does them no good to be able to say, hey, we outperformed the market by being down 49% and the market was down 50%. They still lost half their money. That's what we do. We develop long-term financial plans and we try to build a portfolio to exceed that plan over the next 10, 20, 30 years not a portfolio that's going to try to outperform some benchmark over the next quarter. If you think we might be able to help you, well, please give us a call. The number is 571-261-7670. Okay, we're out of time. I'll be back next week. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas 
so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.